Welcome to Goodwin Law Unplugged, Florida real estate and more. This podcast features candid insight from real estate industry professionals from all sectors. Your host, attorney Matthew Goodwin, a native Floridian and experienced real estate attorney, will provide his personal insight on legal matters and feature other professionals offering their candid advice. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, seasoned investor, or experienced real estate agent, there is something for everyone. Thanks for joining us on Goodwin Law Unplugged. Hey there, this is Charlie McDermott, the producer of the Goodwin Law Unplugged podcast. The good news is we have Matt Goodwin in the studio here with us today. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, and thanks for being a part of the show. It is your show after all. It's good you showed up. Um, but more importantly, the topic today, fraud in real estate transactions. I understand this is happening quite a lot, and, and I'm thrilled you're going to cover this topic. So uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, Matt, and fill us in. All right. So in a nutshell, cyber criminals are stealing large sums of money, and they're targeting real estate transactions primarily by intercepting emails and sending sophisticated and very convincing emails that appear to be from your real estate agent, a broker, uh, including a mortgage broker or real, a real estate broker, attorneys, title companies, lenders, and any other involved in the real estate transaction. The criminals are intercepting wire transfer instructions. Wow. They're obtaining account information. And all they're doing is altering some of the data used um, in these emails that would otherwise come from the title company or the real estate professional to convince buyers and sellers and others to redirect the money to a fraudulent account. There's a term called uh, the BEC scam, business email compromise scam. If you search the internet for that, you'll find the FBI's website as the, one of the top hits. I mean, it's, it's all over. Really? Wow. That's insane. I had no idea. So, so I, I mean, I, I've seen these emails, you know, I'll get like a GoDaddy email or, or I mean, a ton of other big brands and I cannot get over how authentic they look. And it's not until I look at, you know, the sender and, and I realize that the email is a little off than you know, what the actual company GoDaddy in this case would use as an email. But what you're saying is, is, is the email they're they're swiping from my email box and, and modifying it to make it appear like it's the title company or, or whatever, you know, sender, is that it? They're, they're spoofing the real people, the, okay. the real participants. And they're, they're doing a couple different things, but, um, one of the primary is having a real estate agent or a title agent or a real estate professional, um, click on a link, a phishing link that mm -hmm. will creates an auto forward of their incoming emails or something else where they can spoof it. And, uh, what, what makes these emails most sophisticated and convincing is when they've already, hacked into somebody's email by redirecting them and they're monitoring the conversations. So they know when the closing date is fast approaching, they know when it's time to send the money, or at least they have a roundabout idea within a week or two's time. We've had incidents where um, 
there the closing was not for another week or two buyer gets an email supposedly from us and says uh please wire your funds for closing the amount that they suggested they wire was completely arbitrary in that case this was a couple of years ago and mm -hmm. the, the borrower and uh, buyer called us and said i got this email from me i just i thought it was a little soon to be sending the wire and come to find out it was not from us and what they're doing is they if they get to an email chain where the realtors are copied on, which they want to be copied on everything. And some of the best realtors um, are very engaged in the entire transactions and emails, the primary form of communication. They will copy and paste uh, a signature from someone in our office because we were sent an email or copied. And the real estate agents are not as vigilant as the ones handling the money us, the title company and the, uh, the real estate, um, or the settlement provider. So they're much more vulnerable. I have a prediction and it, it's not something I want to happen. It's something that I foresee happening and I'll explain to you why I think they're going to start targeting the, the general public, uh, if they haven't already without having a real estate agent involved, perhaps either for a refinance or something else where they can get their way into the transaction and then start manipulating other things such as fraudulent payoff statements for mortgages. And I think they're going to, you know, there's, there's been numerous data breaches. And if you have been the victim of one, or let's say if you haven't been the victim of a data breach, you probably haven't been buying anything in this country for the last two years wow. because all these big uh, outfitters, I mean, Target, you will, everybody heard about Target. Um, there, there's uh, password providers. All they need, they don't even need um, a privacy breach, so to speak, to get access to your email and password because they just have to try a bunch of combinations based on lists that they purchase either from um, uh, email forwarding lists for marketing and then the password list that they get on the black market from these data breaches. A password so, list. Yeah. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you um, about 22, no, almost 25 years ago uh -huh. from today, we were using computers and I had a friend, won't say his name, but he used to be part of these groups where they, they weren't really hacker groups. Like he wasn't a hacker, but it was how to get pirated software and information on the black internet market. And yeah. we're talking mid 90s. Wow. mid to late 90s. Imagine how much more sophisticated. And I remember seeing him once he went through, it was like um, a password bot where all you had to do was click a button to install this executable file and it would try 3 million password combinations. I'm just giving you a random number, yeah. but that yeah. was 25 years ago. Yeah. The processing speed is incredible now where, you know, and, and the, the data is available. So um, you don't know usually until it's too late. We have been, uh, involved in a couple of different transactions where fraud was prevalent. Uh, in one case, a couple of years back, there were wiring instructions that were sent to us from someone that we work with and the email address was masked. So it was that that's what spoofing is called, where it looks like it was from them, but it wasn't. And funds were redirected and thankfully recovered. Uh, wow. because of our vigilance and our our processes when it comes to find these things and now what's happening is the hackers and the criminals are getting smarter 
Mm. And one thing they're doing is targeting payoffs. Another thing they're doing is um, finding sellers of vacant land, owners of vacant land or deceased people, see what they right. own property, and they're impersonating them all together. They're doing listings on Zillow, off market, no realtors involved. Someone wants to buy a piece of land in Florida. They find a good deal. They deal electronically and, and by phone with this person. They never meet them. And that's kind of where it starts. What the, the buyers should be suspecting of is any email period. And there's some specific keywords and triggers you should look for. But there's also some things that you should do to make sure it never happens to you at your fault. And one of those is if you're buying or in the pending a transaction, either for a purchase or sale, question everything, but question more importantly, exchange of money. Because it's one thing for them to get access mm -hmm. to your system and to look at it and say, all right, it's time for them to send their money and reach out to them now. But it's another thing for you to um, do something further. So, and, and what that is, is call the title company to verify that they're the ones that sent you. I, I promise you that is going to stop almost 100% of the yeah. likelihood that you wire to the wrong company. And it's just as simple as a phone call. So when we send our wiring instructions out at the outset of a transaction, we haven't spoke to this person yet. We'll leave the three digits, the last three digits of the account number off, which requires them to call us. But that's not enough. That's just one of the things that we do. One right. of the most important things is for the general public to be aware of it. And if, if you're only hearing of the random news stories, you're not really opening your eyes to what's happening on a larger scale. It's happening all across the state of Florida. Uh, Florida is a huge target. So if you're buying or selling uh, real estate, wiring and wiring money's involved, call the company. But more importantly, search on a public directory for the number and make sure you get it at the outset of the transaction because the criminals are smarter than you when it comes to this thing. And they will put another phone number in these emails. They call us. So yes, you can't yeah. just rely on calling them, right? <laughs> Oh, man. You have to make sure you're calling the right person. Yeah, yeah. You so, know, I, that, that brings to mind, and, and it wasn't wire fraud at the time. I forget what it was, some scam. And uh, I called the number in the email. And it was it was kind of ridiculous because, you know, you could, it, it was, an, it was a, a, a gentleman with a very heavy accent. And he was in a, you know, a boiler room, you know, pe pe people talking in the background. You could, you could tell there was probably 50 people making phone calls. And I was kind of laughing at the guy like, dude, you know, if you want to scam someone, you, you got to at least put yourself in a private room. I mean, this or at least some noise canceling <laughs> headphones, right? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, filter out that noise with that boom mic, whatever. Yeah, I agree. I've had the same thing happen where you can hear all the commotion in the back. And it's like, wait, what are you calling me for again? <laughs> My credit card information to verify it? Sure. Let me, get, right, let me give you my social security right? number. Uh, why, why are you? Just so you don't have to call me back later. Yeah. yeah so fraud and in, in, in you, you can almost expect to be um, threatened with a phishing email or something if you're buying or selling real estate. If you don't expect it, then you won't be able to recognize it when it comes through. So from the title company, real estate a lawyer's perspective, when we get an email from someone, we scrutinize every single email we get. 
And there's there's ones that are easy to recognize when, uh, let's say, a lender is sending us something that would otherwise come from a title company or perhaps us that we would send to somebody as the closing agent. We know that, that that's a, a phishing email and we delete it. And we have spam filters that filter out about 85 to 90 percent of the fake stuff. Mm. But they're getting through and they, they do get through. Um, some pretty sophisticated and, and convincing emails where you would really have to be trained to know that somebody's up to something. Don't click on the link. Don't open attachments. And that's another point. Don't open attachments and don't click on links because remember I said they're going to start targeting the general public if they haven't already. And I think they're going to, you know, you got enough people out there that are buying and selling real estate without realtors. Mm. You still have the title company, but if the title company's got their email uh, um, on lockdown and they're not going to fall for any scams and their policies and procedures are on point and, and there's no agents involved, then they can the only vulnerable party in that is the lender and the borrowers. And I can tell you the the lenders are definitely targeted. Don't get me wrong. They're, but if the borrower is doing preliminary research, then they're the ones that become vulnerable. They track their communication and then they get access to everybody else's. So all you have to do, you know, um, somebody may have, you may have heard that you should never forward a chain letter because the only purpose of a chain letter is to capture email addresses. Think about it. It's not mm -hmm. public. Send this to all your friends, copy everybody. And we're going to give you something or you're going to get something or you're not going to self-destruct. Your computer's not going to. Yeah. And then nothing ever comes of it. Then you just get another chain letter. Those chain letters are capturing email addresses, period. That's all it is. Hmm. So every time I get one from my 95-year-old grandmother, I just ignore it. <laughs> I smile. Uh, she doesn't send as much as she used to. <laughs> but um, that brings me to another point. You know, the, the public... When it comes to fraud, they're targeting seniors. There's a lot of seniors mm -hmm. in Florida. Um, if, and there's a lot of seniors in Florida, um, senior seniors. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're not talking 65 and up. We're talking 85 and up. And these mm -hmm. are the people that did not grow up with email and that are very trusting. Yeah. Um, but they've also been um, accustomed, more accustomed than we are to telemarketing scams. So, but my, uh, my 90, uh, she's not quite 95, but I rounded up a little. My 90-something-year-old grandmother, who lives in Port Charlotte, got a call from my sister, who was not really my sister, who's her granddaughter. She only has one, and told her that she needed to be bailed out of jail. And my oh. grandmother went to the bank, two different banks. I'm giving you the short version. Went to two different banks, withdrew, I don't know, it was 10000 or a little bit more. And, oh. and thankfully... She didn't give it, give it away because uh, they tried to get somebody from a bail bonds office come to her house and she wow. called the bail bonds office and they said, we don't do appointments after five o'clock and hers was set for six. That was wow. all it took for her to cap catch it right before it was too late. And this was cash. Some of the banks are getting smarter when people withdraw money, especially seniors. They're mm. asking, what is this for? Yeah. That's why. They're protecting their clients and customers' money, just like we're doing the things to protect our buyers and sellers and our customers and our clients' money. It, if the, the, the number one way to prevent this is 
communication and educating the public yeah. at large on the issue itself. We have disclosures. People don't read them anymore. We have big, bold face print, verify your wiring instructions. We never change our wiring instructions. Most, if not, I, I don't know, any title company that will ever change their wiring instructions during the pendency of a transaction. They will always close with the one that they started with where escrow was opened. That's a hmm. really good point that I want to drive home. I'll say it again. It's so important. Hmm. Title companies and real estate law firms will never change their wiring instructions during the pendency of a transaction. So if you make a deposit and you get wiring instructions and then you get another one saying we changed our account, it's fraud. Guaranteed. Hmm. Because when it comes to bookkeeping, we don't transfer deposits on our books for an open trend. We change bank accounts. I've actually changed twice in the last six years. But mm -hmm. when I change, we close out all the pending business with the old account. We're smarter than that. But we're also required to do that for administrative and, and record keeping purposes. Right. So right. that's wow. important. Whew. I talk about an eye opener. One, again, as I said in the beginning, I had no idea how prevalent this was. I mean, you, you, it's one of those you see it happening, uh, but you you tend to discount it. And and to be aware of this during a transaction, uh, it's so easy to get spoofed, as you said. And uh, so the moral of the story is in a real estate transaction, it sounds like always call your attorney or title company and and talk to that person look up their phone number if you don't have it written down ignore the phone number that's in the email yeah i get that right okay. yes what we do in our and, and we say verify our number online here's our website just go there you know okay. and and that's going to be uh, one surefire way use the number that's on the contract there you go yeah you're, I don't think there's any cases where the realtor was impersonated when writing up a contract and mm -hmm. went far back as putting in a fake number. That's that's a different kind of fraud. That mm -hmm. is that's theft. That's um, there's a lot more. That's identity theft. That's a there's yeah, a lot more yeah. going on there. Yeah. The easier fraud is to just blast out as many emails and see who bites. Yeah, that's why they call them phishing emails. Yeah, yeah. Where are the fish? <laughs> if you bite on one of their links or their attachments, your computer becomes mm -hmm. um, vulnerable. Your email correspondence are all jeopardized. What we um, what we do is we educate people from the outset. We make sure they know we never change our wiring instructions. Uh, we tell them to call us. We we do as much as we can. We have internal controls that uh, will flag things. Um, if somebody in my organization clicks on a link that they fall for the phishing attempt, I and, and there's an auto forward created, I get an alert from our security software that says an auto, there's been a change of the exchange settings on this user account. Yeah. So we have different things that will notify us. It's the public yeah. that's vulnerable. So yeah. um, that's who this message is for today. Yeah. So in general, don't click on links. Don't download attachments. If they look fishy, they probably are. And pick up the phone and call. Yeah, and, and there's more. 
don't send personal information such as bank account numbers or other non-public information via unsecured email or other electronic communication and never wire transfer money without personally speaking with the known intended recipient to verify the routing and account numbers, period. Awesome. Well, Matt, this has been great. Really appreciate you spending time with us and, and sharing this message and uh, look forward to the next episode. Me too. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for listening to Goodwin Law Unplugged. To learn more about Goodwin Law and to utilize our services, visit GoodwinEstateLaw.com or call 239-207-3403. Hablamos Espanol. To submit questions or be a guest on a future episode, message us on our website or on social media by searching for Goodwin Law PA in Naples, Florida. This has been Goodwin Law Unplugged. Thanks again for joining us.